Hello, my name is Laurel Thompson, and this is the Violin and Viola Practice Power podcast and the introduction to my intonation workouts. The purpose of this series is to help you develop excellent intonation and a comfortable left hand playing position so that you can play without strain or tension. I've been teaching privately and in group settings such as youth orchestras since 1996. I've found that undoubtedly one of the most challenging aspects of playing a violin family instrument for students is playing in tune, so this is why I've created these podcasts. Unlike many other instruments, the violin family instruments don't have a way to be in tune just built into the structure of the instrument, so to speak. For example, if you play piano and you're hitting the right keys and your piano's been tuned in the last I don't know, year or so, you should sound in tune. Similarly with guitar, you have frets, and if you're placing your fingers on the correct frets and your guitar's in tune, hopefully, most likely, you'll be in tune. The same goes for the woodwind and brass family instruments, um, which have levers, you know, and keys to keep you in tune, um, just as long as your setup is good. Now it's important to have a good setup on your string instrument, but there's a lot more to intonation, unfortunately. So the only way that a violin family instrument can be played in tune, since we have no frets traditionally, is if its player stops the string with the fingertip at precisely the right spot to get that pitch that they're trying to play. Um, now this is quite a tall order, and as I found, many students just do not have the listening capabilities and the awareness of what good intonation should sound like. Now we've all heard of people who have perfect pitch, which is the ability to either identify or recreate a note uh, with no external information. So if I were to say you know, to this person sing a C-sharp, they could sing a C-sharp. If I were to play a A-natural, they'd be able to identify it as an A-natural. Although these are amazing skills to have, I don't feel that they are a prerequisite for becoming a skilled musician. I feel that it's much more important for a musician to have relative pitch skills. This would be one's ability to match a pitch. So if I were to play my A, you can tune your violin from my A the ability to identify intervals. So if I were to play a simple folk song, you'd be able to figure it out because you have a sense of how big those steps or skips are in the music. And also the ability to transpose for me to give you a different starting note and then for you to be able to take a song and change keys. Whereas perfect pitch is considered to be something that is more innate, something that you're born with, I feel that relative pitch is something that anyone can learn. In this series, we're going to develop and strengthen your own relative pitch skills. You'll learn how to be in tune no matter what key you're in, no matter what accidentals come up in the piece. Whether you have to transpose to a new key or take it to a different position, you'll learn how to play and tune by ear. And I'll also be stressing the importance of finding a comfortable left-hand position for you and your body. Everyone's body is a little bit different. 
but I feel that with just a bit of experimentation, anyone can find a comfortable left hand position where there's never any anxiety about reaching for a fourth finger, extending back for a low first finger, for instance. I want you to be secure and comfortable all the time. This all starts with training the ear though, and I wanna just mention a few things that I feel are relevant to this topic. First, I just wanna talk a little bit about finger tapes. I do use finger tapes in my studio with my students. I prefer not to, but many people, especially young children, need the finger tapes. So if you have finger tapes on your fingerboard, that's perfectly fine. What I recommend if this is the case is that you look away or simply close your eyes when you're doing the exercises. My purpose here is to help you train your ears rather than your eyes, and the sooner we have your brain sending the correct signals to your muscles, the sooner you'll find yourself playing securely in tune. Also, I will be playing each progression twice, and the first time, um, possibly even the first time you listen all the way through, but definitely the first time I play it, I want you to either sing or hum along with the notes or even just close your eyes and imagine that you're playing those notes. This will really help, again, to get your brain sending the correct signals to your muscles so that you will play in tune. And as many ways as we can strengthen those neural pathways, the better. Even if you're an advanced student or a professional hoping to brush up on your intonation, I recommend that you try it and see if it helps you. I really can't stress enough the importance of training the brain in the correct way to send the right impulses to the muscles to be in tune. And if you learned in maybe more of a muscle memory approach, remember that the brain holds the memory. You can't really separate the muscles from the brain and expect them to do anything. So if you have some faulty brain signals, and you, you know, you've been playing out of tune for a while maybe, or, or occasionally, this might be just the thing to help you get the correct signals firing and get you playing in tune consistently. I also wanted to talk a bit about finger placement. So please make sure that you're playing on the tips of your fingers rather than the pads of your fingers. For some of you, this may mean that you need to trim your nails. When we play on the tips of the fingers, we tend to have better accuracy at finding the notes. We have a greater range of flexibility if the notes are slightly off so we can adjust into the right pitch. And then we also have a greater range of motion for doing vibrato. The adjustment part though is key. I once read an interview with this um, virtuoso violinist, I don't remember who it was, but the interviewer was asking how it's possible for this violinist to play so perfectly in tune with no frets, with no tapes, you know, how is it possible on just this slick fingerboard to play in tune on this instrument? And the virtuoso violinist answered, I'm not playing in tune, you know, I just know how to get into tune very, very quickly. And that's really how it is for all of us. You know, we can get to the point where we're pretty dead on all the time, but there's always going to be those times when tiny, you know, minuscule adjustments are going to be made. And if, when you're playing on the tips of your fingers, you'll have the greatest flexibility of making those adjustments when necessary. 
So um, let me just demonstrate. So I'm playing a B on the A string, it's just first finger on the A string in first position. And um, so this is the B. And I'm just gonna rock my finger back probably like a millimeter. Listen to this. I'm gonna rock back up. That's a millimeter. Now, if you can't quite hear the difference yet, that's okay. Um, maybe rewind and listen again. Um, I'm just gonna rock up a little bit now. So I'm gonna start with the pitch, the B, and then I'm gonna, just gonna rock up maybe about a millimeter. It sounds like my finger is sliding all the way up and down the fingerboard. It's not. That's just a little bit of an adjustment that could even be made during a piece. And in such a case, it would make all the difference between sounding very out of tune and being perfectly in tune. So stay on your fingertips and you'll have the best chance of either being in tune in the first place or becoming in tune through an adjustment. It really makes a big difference, as I'm sure you're aware of now. Within a piece, that difference might not be quite as obvious. However, after you've gone through these workouts, hopefully your relative pitch skills will improve and you'll be able to find the correct pitches and hear when you're off better and better all the time. Also, you'll hear that I'm not using any vibrato in these workouts, and I suggest that you also do not use any vibrato when you're practicing your intonation. I sometimes have students who want to practice vibrato with their scales. And this is fine if you're practicing your scales and you want to practice vibrato, maybe a continuous vibrato. Um, however, if you're purely focused on intonation, it's really important that you do not use vibrato so that you can find the center of all the pitches. Uh, vibrato, after all, is a change in pitch. And if we're changing the pitch through vibrato, it's going to be really hard to tell if it's in tune or not. If you're used to playing with vibrato all the time, this might seem a little bit strange or even difficult at first, and it might sound as though your instrument is, is really kind of dull and dry, or you might find that, gosh, you sound more out of tune than you thought you were. But it's okay, work through it, and uh, in the end, it will really help if you just practice intonation purely as an intonation practice without vibrato. And with good intonation, vibrato is just going to be the icing on the cake. And I think that's about it. You're welcome to send me an email if you have any questions or comments. My email is laurel, L-A-U-R-E-L, -E at laurelthompson.com. Laurel Thompson, L-A-U-R-E-L-T-H-O-M-S-E-N. And my website is www.laurelthompson.com. Besides my in-person studio, I also teach lessons online via Skype, so if you're interested in having a lesson with me, send me an email. Enjoy this process of developing an ear for good intonation. I'll see you in class.